Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, presented to you by Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers. Have a feature here for you, a special feature captured in January at the Rolex 24 Daytona on Friday. This is our Week in Sports Cars live episode, brought to you by Mazda. Mazda invited myself and my Week in Sports Cars co-host Graham Goodwin to come and do a little show for IMSA fans in front of their display in the infield there. Really cool thing, and Graham and I just did this because we love doing it. Uh, said, hey Mazda, we don't want any money, but please, please spend some on making some special one-off Weekend Sports Cars Live t-shirts. So, gave away 75 of those. So that was one fun aspect of what we did. The other part... The, the truly fun part that you'll get to hear here in just a moment was we had a, a rather rocking lineup. We had Mazda Motorsports boss John Doonan. We had Oliver Jarvis, who just a little bit earlier had broken the absolute lap record at Daytona, one that stood for about 25 years, 26 years. Also had Mazda driver Tristan Nunez. We had IMSA president Scott Atherton there. We had Justin Bell. His brand new live talk show, live torque show. Uh, I, for, I forget how they spell that. But anyways, we have our good pal. We just absolutely love us and JB. Had Justin Bell there with us, bringing all kinds of fun and hilarity. So it was a great group. Had, I don't know how many people, 100 plus for sure. And you can hear them in the background. And this is just fun. Honestly, these live podcasts that we do doing another one here this weekend actually you might be listening to this while it's taking place at st petersburg uh there with cooper tires i'm going to be doing one hopefully at sebring uh in a few days from now uh we will be doing more just this is one of those things where hey i'm at the track if we're at an event where graham and i happen to be together we're just going to do our best to put on a live show and connect with some of the drivers the personalities you name it just maybe add a little something extra to the weekend so that's what we got here weekend sports cars live great roster of folks and that's what we did so with all that said let's get going courtesy of cooper tires and the justice brothers we have things to give you why we don't think you'd like us without them so we're compensating a little bit all right all stupidness aside that's kind of my specialty let's start the mazda team yost marshall pruitt podcast week in sports cars with Graham Goodwin, live show at Daytona. Thanks for coming out, everybody. So we don't blow smoke here. We're, we're honest with you all. This was something where our friend John Doonan here, Mazda Motorsports Director, Give it up, John. Forward, Give it up John. forward. The absolute beating heart of this program, along with Efren, who said, hey, you guys want to come do this for Mazda fans? And we said, heck yes. We're supposed to do this at Road Atlanta last year. I had to skip out, so that was my bad. But here we are. So why don't we have our guests pull up a chair? We have Justin Bell from the Torque Show. I hope you're watching what he and the great Tommy Kendall are doing. You're doing this on MySpace, is it? I'm not sure. Friendster, yeah. come have a seat, JB. Come on, come have a seat. Here we have the fastest man ever. At Daytona, your record-breaking driver, Mazda Team Yosts, Oliver Jarvis. Ollie, have a seat. Here we have Santa Cruz's finest, right? Jonathan Bomarito, J-Bomb, veteran of the team, school and the youngsters. Have a seat, my man. I don't talk about school and youngsters as well. This is your president of IMSA, Scott Atherton, who when asked said, yes, I'd love to come talk with our fans. Don't ask about BOP. There's a lot of things you're not going to get into. But Scott, thank you. Please have a seat. I feel I've been set up. Sorry. Send me the invoice later. One of our dearest friends again, John Doonan, the man who makes this possible. Have a seat, brother. Thank you. And look at this. Drafting in, it's, we're going to have, hopefully, some additional drop-in guests. Tristan Nunez, young, wow. sexy, and Floridian, and a <laughs> professional race car driver. Have a seat, my brother. Let's do a bit of call-out, actually, Marshall, to start with. Um, we see some familiar faces. We've seen people that we've only ever seen online. We see your faces for the first time. That's not necessarily a good thing, but it's good to see you. Who's, who's listened to the Marshall Brute podcast before? <laughs> 
You poor Who, who poor intends people. never to listen to it again after today? Right here. I'm done. Who's with us from Twitter? Who's, uh, who's has been submitting questions from Twitter? Uh, one guy that met in the immigration queue on the way into through MCO. Uh, Clearly, ICE did not get my indeed. note to stop What about stop the Facebook the groups that have been engaging with us through the year? Great stuff. And what about the Reddit groups? Oh, the, that's the dirty group right there. Ah. All right. The internet's dirty little secret. <laughs> Good oh, lord. Shots fired. Absolutely. Oh, well, let's get this thing kicked off. Now, there is one little proviso. We didn't know when this young man and this young man were set on the roster that he was going to go and make history. No. I'd love to say, see, I was getting the good one for you. I didn't know it, but we knew he was good. Little issue, though. Ollie's voice is almost gone. Can you confirm or deny it's gone because you screamed the entire length of that poll record lap? <laughs> I, I wish that was the reason, but um, that's quite, no, that's quite unfortunately, uh, I think having two kids has a big effect on it. Ollie, we've just seen some of the in-car footage from that. Uh, I spoke with PJ Jones yesterday, who congratulated you and Mazda on this, and the respect you've paid to All-American Racers and Dan Gurney for this achievement. Have you been able to appreciate how much this record has meant to North American sports car fans? 26 years it stood. I think, if I'm really honest, arriving at the Raw, I was pretty naive to the record. And then when we, when we beat it at the Raw, unofficially, of course, the response from that was incredible. Um, you know, and for a record to have stood for 26 years, that, that says something not about what we're doing today, but what they did 26 years ago. I mean, for me, it's, it's incredible to think that that record has stood so long. And you know, for us to go and beat it, it's something very special. But for me, it's, it's more important to, to respect and, and appreciate what they achieved back then his hair by the way at the start of that lap one minute 33 seconds 33.685 seconds later started to turn gray that's how much effort Absolutely. this man put in and i want to ask uh, ollie a quick question where have you left your wheelbarrow for the large attachments needed to set such a record <laughs> because when you see that uh, that video it's on racer.com right now um, your speed through the bus stop was like no bus I've ever seen in my extensive career. Amazing I would penalize stuff. you if I worked for IMSA. Slow down, Jarvis. I've been telling you that for a while. <laughs> All right. Where should we go to start our questions? Because our Weekend Sports Car Show is 100% driven by you Absolutely. all. Someone raise a hand. Throw a tomato at me. Let's get this started. Who wants to go first? You may never, ever get a chance to talk. Don't this make me start again. picking people. All right. Oh. Mr. Smith. Um, uh, goodness. <laughs> right, who's going to win the race, the 55 or the 77? Ooh. I think we should. I, I, I was going to ask Scott. <laughs> if you haven't checked the entry list, there's two Mazdas entered. They're both red. The only difference is the number and the guys behind the wheel. But a Mazda is going to try to win the Rolex 24. It doesn't matter which one. I guarantee you. The guys all know it. Look at that. Shots fired. Wow. Graham, why don't we see what Mr. Atherton is thinking here? I think we should ask Scott the question I've been burning to ask Scott for over a decade. Oh, wow. People who will follow sports car racing, and a lot of you do, there's a, there's, a, there's a point that Scott has made repeatedly through our career through sports car racing together. He's looking really worried now. Scott, just exactly what is it that you know that we don't know? If we only knew what you knew, we have been dying to know. What is it that you know? It sounds so good. It has nothing to do with lottery numbers. It has nothing to do with boxers or briefs. You want a serious answer? Absolutely. I'll give you a really serious answer. Uh, I'm intimately familiar. I know what level of commitment and sacrifice is required to enable a professional sports car platform in North America to be successful. And it's because of all of you. Amen. Amen. It's the boss. Well, this is one of those weird things where, say, we put on a little live podcast, and it's just us here talking to ourselves clearly we failed in our mission you put on a big motor racing event people don't turn out maybe the product needs fixing we look at what we have here 
And Scott, I'll come back to you really quickly. Again, not blowing smoke, but as someone who grew up in the IMSA GTP era, worked as a mechanic there, I'm not saying we're back to that level, but I'm feeling the sensibilities of that in terms of progress and momentum. Are you seeing the same thing? No question about it. And uh, for the many, many people that have enabled us to achieve the level of uh, success that we have today, it's a very satisfying situation for us because, as you well know, Marshall, and I'm sure many of you that are here in front of us tonight, uh, it always hasn't been like this. Uh, Don't worry for a moment. We're not reading our own press releases. Nobody's pulling back on the throttle. Nobody's kicking it out of gear and coasting. Uh, in fact, our focus is over the horizon as to what's coming. Uh, it, it's a dynamic space that we operate in. And uh, your comments about the GTP era, I, too, was a great fan of that era. Many fond memories. I think the last time we saw something akin to that was uh, at the high water mark of the America Le Mans series when we had Audi and Acura and Porsche actively competing at the top class for the overall wins. You know, the wheels came off everything shortly thereafter. The economy, real estate, dot-com, et cetera, it all came to a screeching halt. And it's taken us this long to claw our way back. And the good news is I believe we've got more sustainability and more stability than ever before. Long-term relationships with a great partner in WeatherTech, long-term relationship with a great partner in Michelin, a great relationship that will go for at least the next six years with NBC. If you missed the live broadcast of qualifying yesterday, you missed it. Hopefully you taped it because it was that good, and you're going to love what they're going to do with this product going forward. And the crowd said amen. Your question, sir. Uh, hi, thanks so much. Um, in my youth, I was fortunate to watch the great Jim Clark take part in racing in Lotus Cortinas, Formula 2, etc. Over the years, people become more specialised in the they've, cars they've driven. We're now seeing drivers switching between the different um, disciplines. I'd really appreciate your thoughts on that. I don't know who wants to answer it. But I'm going to throw that drivers. to JB. Because he has, despite the dashing good looks and the best hair in the paddock, you've driven many cars over many eras. Tell us about that multitasking discipline. I think you're talking about me, Dad. Um, <laughs> you were built for this show. As I was built. I really yeah. was. Thank you for that. I know. If you saw our taglines, uh, my, my tagline on, for the new talk show bio was, uh, you know, I'm the son of someone who's big in the 80s, and Tommy Kendall said, and I was big in the 90s. That's how we build ourselves. You know what? I, you look at these guys here. I mean, Dad always said to me, because I was like, oh, you know, I'm trying touring cars now, or you're going to sports cars. He's like... I think there's a at that point in the early 90s there was a culture of you had to be very specialized through but in the end I mean Oli right if you're a driver you're a driver in the end you're going to be good in whatever it is you become specialized sometimes drivers use it as a bit of an excuse if they're not good in something else front wheel drive rear wheel drive all wheel drive you adapt but I mean, for me, these guys here are world-class. If we were watching them drive cars in Europe, they'd be world-class. If, if they were in IndyCar, they'd, they had the chance, like Tristan or Jonathan, you had the chance to be back in, a, in an IndyCar now, you'd be amazing. Uh, to me, it's just, you know, you talk about the, the 90s, you know, the, the 80s. Uh, I said it to Scott a couple of years ago. This, these are the new good old days. The, you know, I mean, I mean, Sterling Moss said to me once, oh, name drop, he said... Um, <laughs> I said, Sterling, because someone came up and, they, and right in front of us and they said, you know, you were the best generation. He said, I tell you what, chap. He said, when, when I went along to one of my first races, he said someone from the 20s and 30s was there and they said, you know, we were the, we were the best and you're just young whippersnappers. And, uh, and, and that's the way it worked. You know, he was the next generation. These guys are the next generation. And somewhere out there actually not looking at some of you old, poor old sods. But, you know, the younger ones amongst you, uh, you know, you may be the next generation. Can I just say that was an amazing Sterling Moss impression? Oh, yeah, thanks. He, I remember going to his house once, and he said, see that, chap? He said, that's the action light. It was right above his bed. I went... <laughs> right. And did Mrs. Moss tell him when it would be turned on? <laughs> Speaking... to my girlfriend. Oh, yes. <laughs> but back to your question, though. Uh, if things had panned out differently... Jonathan might not be here. He might be preparing for his 10th IndyCar season. That's the kind of talent he had coming up in the Atlantic Series, winning like a madman. We're glad he's here. But share that thought as well, because you've had to make that journey from being an open-wheel guy to, hey, this is my new life in sports cars. You're successful in both. 
Yeah, th- thanks for having me on. This is really cool, by the way. But I think it it kind of shows how great this series and championship is because if you d- if it wasn't so amazing, you wouldn't have Montoya, Castro Neves, Alonso, all these guys wanting to come to this race and seeing that crossover, seeing the Formula guys come over, seeing guys from NASCAR coming over. Uh, they all want to be here. Everybody wants to do this race because it's so amazing and it's so fun. As a driver, this race is, and sports car racing in general, um, is is just a lot of fun. There's You're, you're so busy all the time. Um, but like you said, yeah, Marshall, I came from Formula Cars. Um, that was my main upbringing and uh luckily for me i was it i came up through a lot of the mazda series ladder system that's a toyota driver honking by the way trying to drown out the mazda pod (laughs) and um fortunately for me uh john actually john himself uh called me up and offered me a chance to uh to test for to be the the fourth driver uh for this race uh in the mazda rx8 gt car and uh fortunately that went well and that was my transition to sports cars i was kind of like and he recognized that i was at a crossroads couldn't advance uh to the next level of uh into indycar and i came over to sports car racing and you know looking back i know they everybody says you know the saying everything happens for a reason i'm so thankful that i ended up in sports cars um i absolutely love it it's a, a dream career um you know and as a kid my you know you talk about it with your parents and it was the the boyhood dream was just to try to make a living any living doing what you love and uh i'm super blessed to be able to do that so we have such a great question, Graham. We're actually going to get a third piece Absolutely. of input on this because we have what has become, uh, you're looking scared, something's going to happen behind you, and it might, <laughs> it might. That's my hand on your shoulder. Um, someone like a Tristan Nunez really was not found here in IMSA Grand Am ALMS four, five, six years ago because for the most part, someone of his young age would have been stuck on the open wheel uh, ladder thinking that IndyCar is the only way to go he and a number of other young drivers are really setting a new trend that says no, sports car racing can be the start of my career the end of my career I don't need to validate my talent or quality in IndyCar, I can do this right here in IMSA, tell us about that well, even since uh, before I started racing you know, it it, it actually goes back to, to Justin over there and his dad. Um, you know, I started um, playing tennis. My dad's a tennis coach uh, from a very early age. I have a twin brother. Uh, we were supposed to go to Wimbledon, actually. That was our, you know, career path. But, uh, you know, I, you know, passion's everything. I didn't have the passion for tennis. I've always loved racing. And sure enough, um, Derek, Derek Bell, uh, came with uh, his younger son, Sebastian, uh, to my dad's tennis academy. And, um, you know, I... I started to to get to know Derek at a very very young age hearing all of his stories about Lamar and I mean just racing at the night and in those those old terrifying cars um and I just I just got the bug for sports car racing right then and there and um yeah I went through the open wheel ladder system in the Skip Barber series um which was um funded by Mazda as well the scholarships so I got scholarships to go into um uh prototype lights you know I started my uh my strive to sports car racing and then i got the call from from this man right here just like jonathan did and we all just like we all do and uh he made my dreams come true at 17 years old and i've been with him ever since so um and yeah since since doing that um you know we kind of developed a new road you know it's not just the indycar ladder it's not just the indycar side it's the sports car side too and you know i think the uh imsa weather tech series is really you know taking it taking it on its own you know it's some of the best racing in the world right now and uh and it just keeps getting better and better every year so it's uh, it's great to be in this position and i don't intend to leave sports car racing anytime soon and just like you said i'd like to end my start my career i started my career here and i'd love to end it here too brilliant stuff absolutely i hate your youth and talent by the way <laughs> just want to make that clear um another aspect to that actually it's something ollie said yesterday in the press conference after that poll lap and i'm not going to ask him to repeat it because i know his voice is suffering but he was asked by one of our colleagues was this one of the most significant pole positions of his career and he's had a few through single seaters dtm super gt the world endurance championship with the audi program of course 
And the answer he gave was, it's right up there with pole position around the streets of Macau. Another one that needs the wheelbarrow. You're insane, Jarvis. What is wrong with you? But... But the reason, Take to, it easy. the reason to mention it is anybody that knows anything around single-seater racing would know from the career path that Ollie was, 2005 McLaren Autosport Young Driver of the Year, I think, correct? Young. Um, young, yeah. Well, it was 2005, <laughs> in fairness. But know that if you're ranking what happened here yesterday with that, that's pretty darn high level. We've got a couple of more questions. We've got the other mic. Can I grab that? There's one over here first who asked a little we want You've to go. You've got an go awesome Sebring Turn 10 hat. Of course you get to ask a question. <laughs> hey guys, I listened pretty much since you guys started last year, so I appreciate this and awesome to hear you guys talk. It's really an honor. So, um, I, saw, I, I saw a, uh, a disco ball in the garage. Uh, Core Autosport, I think, put it up. Stole my <laughs> what is the weirdest thing you guys have seen hanging in a garage for luck or just decoration or bad luck, anything like that? Alan McNish. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, if you come back in a few hours, you can see it again. All we, right. Well, oddly so, enough, I mean, you I'm, know he has an answer to that. Come on. He clearly does. Well, I mean, no, I mean, let's face it. I, most of the weird stuff that enters the garage is is you lot, um, <laughs> and and uh, people always ask us. Well, I mean, you probably get asked this. You know, what? Who do you think, especially you in a turn ten hat? So who's madder? You know, the guys at Le Mans, the people at Sebring, the the people that come to Daytona. Well, there is a common DNA thread, isn't it? And that is motorsport. And it's, I think, what is always. I mean, Scott, you must look out at Sebring, and you go, "What are they doing?" And and they come by and they cruise. And I remember, I remember trying to. My dad saying to me, "He's these guys came by and they're sitting on their sofa on the back of their U-Haul, you know, with like." beads around the neck and all sorts of awful inflatables and then they and they and this guy's and dad said oh this guy just said he's he's a he's um what did he say he came back and he was he's a, he does special uh, dermatology and he's like and i said would you really go to that lunatic to get your you know your skin looked at i mean that really sums it up sports car fans demographically are the most affluent, the most intelligent, the most educated fans across all forms of sport. I know, sir, you, there are anomalies. Um, <laughs> however, when you come to a race, you can forget all that, can't you, and have a good time. So for me, the maddest things that enter a garage, other than these guys who, who do laps like Ollie here, uh, are you, the fans who, who make it all totally brilliant. I can mention one thing that I know some of the teams I worked for wondered what they'd gotten some, themselves into. Around 95 or 96 at a thrift store, I found a 143rd size model of the A-Team van. I loved watching the A-Team when I was a kid. And so I just decided I was going to take it with us and put it in garages. Of the things I need to scan at home, the variety of photos of my A-Team van on the front wing of the IndyCar I was working on. When I worked on the uh, Spirit of America Land speed record car, there's a photo of this trillion-dollar creation with my little A-Team van sitting next to it. So it, even the people on the teams do very strange things. I also have a friend who's an engineer in IndyCar who, beneath his fire suit on race day, for decades, it's almost completely destroyed now but he wears his jesus built my hot rod ministry t-shirt so all kind of peculiarities scott speaking of peculiarities scott <laughs> you get asked many questions by fans what are some of the more interesting or strange ones that might fall in this category oh uh, where to begin uh <laughs> Why did you credential Pruitt? Yeah, that's that's. Uh, yeah. What's Again. it take to get uh, real media covering the sport here? Uh, I know, I know. Do you want the mic so you can drop it and walk off? Because I think we just had that moment. No, typically it's uh, it's conversations about what class should be allowed to compete, and have we ever thought of, and then fill in the blank, and also. Uh, you know, I'm from Poughkeepsie, and uh, there's this track that's right nearby, and would you guys ever consider, you know, it's, it's time to go? You know, it's and you realize you just told our listeners every time they see you from now on, they're going to ask you those kinds of questions. Fantastic. Uh, I, so I feel like I set you our, up there. Our work here is done, really, isn't it? One gentleman here has been waiting for a while to ask a question. There you go, sir. Thank you. I'd like to know uh, from the team and the drivers, 
uh, would you prefer the race stay dry or would you like to see some rain on Sunday? And uh, for the drivers, is it difficult to see out of these prototype cars? Because we can't see into them. Maybe it's hard to see out of them. Should we start with Jonathan with that one? Yes, we should. Ollie can put a, put a word in. Um, I, I would prefer it to stay dry the whole time. Um, it's the rain. We have, a, we have enough variables to deal with through the, uh, the night and other cars and just the changing conditions. You throw rain in the mix. I mean, it, uh, it's the same for everybody, so we're very prepared for it. It uh, looks like there could be quite high percentage of it raining on Sunday. Um, that, that would make for an exciting uh, finish for everybody, that's for sure. But, you know, it, it affects the visibility. Uh, you can't see, you can see pretty good out of the cars, but uh, a lot of times you have, with rain, you have uh, moisture, fogging issues inside the car, and that's, that's when our job becomes really difficult, is when the visibility goes down. So, um, I would prefer to to not have the rain, but like the, the visibility when you're in there, dry conditions, um, everything is good. It, it, it's pretty good. You know, you have uh, a bit of a blind spot with the the pillars coming down. Uh, so depending on the radius of the corner, you lose a little bit of that apex curbing blind spot. But you're, the cars are so fast, you have to look so far ahead, anyways, that it, you just kind of start really getting used to it within a lap and look through that. Um, so. Um, yeah, hopefully that answers what, the question. What about, what about the most difficult corner here is pit lane exit, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that the most terrifying? Yeah, thing? so, and, and that's a good point. The They changed the, uh, well, they didn't change the pit lane, but they changed when we can release the pit speed limiter for this year. Uh, like Justin said, the, one of the most treacherous corners of this track was the pit exit on cold tires. And you used to be able to release pit speed limit right at the, basically at the last pit box. And so that made that inside corner really tight. And they have a concrete wall to separate that from the racetrack. And on cold tires, uh, Keep you're it pushing, down over there. You, you know, you would tend to slide off and hit that wall. As it's ha- it happens every year multiple times. And now they've extended that pit speed all the way around that, that first horseshoe almost until the very exit where you enter, merge onto the track between turn two and three. So it's actually taken a lot of that treachery out of that corner. You, we were talking about, I was like, did you do it flat? Did you not? So we, we kind of do this little lift just, just to be sure. But in actuality, because of the way our throttle and the pit speed limiter works, we lift just for comfort, but it still keeps us at 60K. So just it's like a comfort lift. But So it took a lot of the treachery out of it. Even at 60, that's more scary than the bus stop. Yeah. <laughs> just to, to give you an example, it is every time you go into there, there's this fear that you're going to look stupid because, you know, and just the thought of clicking on that radio button going, sorry, guys, uh, uh, I haven't made it on track, but I'm in the wall. So, and, and we are lucky, and, you know, we can thank Michelin for that, that they have extended that, that pit speed because, as, he, as we've touched upon, at night at four in the morning when you've, you've woken up, you're half asleep, and the first thing you do is release the pit limiter, and, and you suddenly realise, I nearly swore then, you suddenly realise that, oh, I've left it a bit late to brake, and, and you turn in, and it doesn't turn, and you start dabbing the brake, and it's locking up, and it's, you know, it's a scary place, that, but I'm going to pass you back over to Jonathan. So one of the things that we do on our show, on our Week in Sports Cars show, is it is truly driven by fan questions. Each week we ask you to send in your questions. We pose them, try and answer them ourselves. We always get great fun questions, general questions. Before Graham touches on that more specifically, a fun question popped in my head. On the topic of cockpit, Tristan Nunez, if you could get Wi-Fi in the cockpit and on your LCD screen you could stream something from Netflix or Hulu or whatever during a caution period, what would you watch? That's a hard question. You know, do you know how much free time I have? I don't have kids. I, I watch a lot of shows. There's a lot to choose from, man. It, it's Tinder, isn't it? It's Tinder. <laughs> no, it's Tinder, yeah. I just swipe. Yeah, is it a touch screen or, you know, what, what's the deal? <laughs> yeah, we'll go with Tinder. Let's do that. <laughs> Sorry, John. Now, what we've learned... Should, it's what, been a what, good career. Yeah. We'd like to congratulate you Should, on all you've done. Best what, wishes in the future. What, what we've learned here... Yeah, what we've what we've learned here suggestible, 
Without a shadow of a doubt. We got some work to do, John. Would it, it's would it took, Marge was saying about uh, questions for a few weeks before Christmas. We uh, put out a bit of a call. We get dozens and dozens and dozens of questions. Uh, one quick moment, by the way, for a bit of appreciation of the last few weeks. New addition to the Delhi Sports Car team here. For the very first time, his first 24 hour race, he's got a camera over there. Ryan Kish from Fresno, who's been putting together your questions the big for ginger, us. Ginger, yes. He puts together your questions for us. He's big, he's ginger, he ticks all the boxes. It's fantastic. <laughs> But we did put out uh, the call for questions with an offer that the best question of the week, we'd pick a best question of the week, we'd get a prize. And thanks to our friends at Skelextric in the UK. I can't pronounce that, by the way. There you go, Skelextric. Um, Jim Clark used to be their brand ambassador, by the way. Sterling Moss told There you go. I think he's here. Alex Eichmuller, are you here? Alex, Alex, come on up. brother. I don't know if you can remember which your question was. I think it was about managing drivers' careers beyond their racing career. Was that the one? If Maybe not, not. Just, just say yes. Yes, yes. Yes, that was it. Alex uh, wins for a couple of weeks ago this beautiful fabulous scale model. Sun Energy 1, Mercedes yep. AMG GT3. I so, guess that means he doesn't get a T-shirt, though. <laughs> Sorry, you get a T-shirt. <laughs> just kidding. Thanks, Alex, for your question. Thanks, everybody, for your questions, too. Uh, if you're out there and you've got free stuff you'd like to send to Marshall and I, we can give you our address later uh, for that for that purpose. But, and these uh, are the T-shirts we'll be giving away shortly. I also love the fact that although I've lost about 25 pounds since Christmas, my fat butt still can't fit in these. So these are going to y'all, for sure. Guys, I'd love you guys uh, tomorrow. Marshall, uh, talking about free swag. Um, You're giving away Tommy Kendall. Five-time Trans Tommy Am Kendall champion. Tomorrow. A large Californian company. Shipping, very expensive. And in fact, you have a really difficult decision because we make coffee mugs, one with TK on and one J- with JB on. And it's it's actually, uh, you know, we didn't realize that we... It, well, people are going, oh, I'd love a TK one. Team actually, TK, you know, But tomorrow JB. morning, I'm a shameless plug here. Um talk show we're going to be over in the paddock there right at the top of the yellow garages at 11 30 we go live we've got some fun guests on and uh, i think scott's going to pop by and say hi uh, marshall obviously you work really hard um tomorrow but we'd love That's you to pop by people. and if you can all come by we got our little patches we're giving away and and we'll just lie and tell stories like like marshall does and we had justin guys. here because we this is the one of the cool things about this paddock whether it's our f- dear friends at dinner with racers this new torque show we're doing this because we love this stuff and it's just another cool way to extend the quality of what IMSA is presenting to you. So it's all love. There is going to be a fist fight between you and I just for fun at the end. Oh, yeah. And I love the two mugs, as Graham just said. So you can either get your Jensen Button or Tom Christensen mugs when you go to the Torch Show. It's a passive-aggressive show here. I, I should have warned folks ahead of time. He, Graham, does, he does make good broadcasting. One of my very first encounters uh, was actually as a race fan. And it was... and You will remember this moment, I'm sure. And I, At that point, I was a listener to Radio Le Mans at the Le Mans 24 Hours with my son. And just to age him a bit, my son's now well over 30 years old. He certainly wasn't then. Just and like Justin. It, it's true, Justin, to say that you cried like a baby on Radio Le Mans. Do you want to tell the story? Tell, tell the story. Well, that's when when we won Le Mans in the Viper, and and then Radio Hindhoff patched me through to my dad at home. And next thing is is no Grand Prix. the Canadian Grand Prix. Yeah, he was doing the TV, and so they patched us through. And there's a video we've actually got a clip. Danny, our social media girl's over there, and she, we have this clip which we're going to put up. And I have all these teeth and these ears, and I'm, I'm like, I can't talk right now. But it was so emotional, and and that I mean, at least that's not like the other one at the moment when I passed out on on Speed Channel. So that was. Uh, I, I'm I, glad you threw in the word channel at the end of that sentence. Yeah, anything. <laughs> anyway, you know, the great thing is, you'll know, is these guys are here to document our careers all the way through uh, and bring the entertainment. So uh, thanks for having us on, guys. Oh, our pleasure. We do need to let Mr. Atherton go. He has presidential things to do. Oh. Before, before I do go, though, a genuine uh, word of appreciation for Mazda to Marshall uh, for putting this on. This is a textbook example of uh, what we've been focused on for as long as I can remember. And uh, I'm going to finish off with my patented tagline that you've heard me say over and over again. Appreciate you being here right now. Come back and bring friends. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Cheers, Scott. All right, Mr. Goodwin. A, the sun's starting to get down. Well, 
Some more questions. Yeah, know, one I there, there's one there. This gentleman's had his hand up for, oh, at least a week. Um, so last year was, what, six uh, full course cautions? Do you expect... Yeah, no, not really. All right, fun sponge. Uh, do you think that the uh, course record for distance will be broken this year? Mr. Doonan, as the one who wants to break that record, what do you think? Well, given what we saw at the Roar and given what we've seen since we got here, uh, there has not been a lot of red flag or black flags in the session. So I think the quality of the field, the quality of the driving is at probably one of the highest levels that I've certainly seen in my career. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, back when Justin was racing, I was quite concerned about the quality of driving um, <laughs> in, the, in, in the field. But you felt the bus again. There we go. Burn. Burn. Um, but I, I certainly, number one, you know, I, I pray at night for a safe race, number one. Um, and for the fans, you came here to see racing, not people following around a safety car. So it's certainly my hope that we go green the whole time. Uh, these guys love racing. They don't like following the safety car either. I think when you stop uh, at speed, it gets a little chilly inside the car, doesn't it? <laughs> and look at Ollie. You know, he's shivering over there. By the way, I'm from Chicago. This is a summer day in Chicago. <laughs> so you guys just chill it down. I put my gloves on because, you know, when you, when you don't sleep uh, pretty much for weeks leading up to this race, um, your body starts telling you it's, uh, it's cold, but it's really tired. <laughs> See, Jarvis, you have that American body fat percentage. You'd be just fine right now. I might not win a foot race, but I'll stay warm in conditions like these. Mr. Average. Mr. Average, Florida. Yeah. So, question over there, sir. Got to give it a shout or Marshall come to you with a mic. I could throw the mic. Good try, that. Lovely jacket. Thank you. Uh, this is a question for John, and for thanks to everybody to coming out. Um, I've been a Mazda fan. We can see your master phone from the there we jacket. Go. There you well, go. Yeah. well, before I was able to buy one, but now that I have one, I will continue to be. Just, let's, yeah. Try the mic. Try, the mic. Try, try this now. I think it was the crowd. Okay. John, going back to 2014, right, um, uh, and before that, 1990s, mid-90s, World Sports Car Class, few entries first year, not really much on-track development in the class. Uh, Daytona prototype, same thing. Few entries the first year of the class, not much on-track development, but then the class was ready to go. How much does 2014 through to now for the Mazda program feel, A, like a validation, and B, like something sports car racing has not seen for decades? We're going to give you all 75 T-shirts for that one. I hope you got a week. We'll help carry him, whatever you need, brother. Well, first of all, thank you for your loyalty to Mazda. We appreciate that. Um, you know, Marshall talked earlier about the GTP era. I was sitting on the hill at Road America in mid-Ohio on the other side of the fence watching those cars. And um, what we have today, I think we should all be proud, whether you're here from a fan standpoint or a manufacturer or a driver or a crew member or an engineer. This era of racing, to me, um, harkens back to that and maybe now starting to surpass uh, what we enjoyed in GTP. Specifically to Mazda, it has been a long journey. Um, we've been through a lot together. Uh, Tristan, Jonathan, myself, um, back to the Sky Active Diesel. Um, I told someone a few weeks ago, we haven't finished this race. A Mazda has not finished this race since 2012. Ooh. So that's a big stinger in the back, isn't it, JB? Uh, and I've been in the pit lane, like, trying not to show favorite, uh, you know, favoritism. <laughs> but I think I, I said this on our show earlier. There isn't a driver or a team or a mechanic or a fan that begrudge, you know, that begrudges at Mazda that the pole position because it may be the wrong word, begrudge, but it's so massive and, and we've seen that heartbreak and uh, it's not this year though, is it? No, <laughs> no. We're going to keep not. running the dang race. It, it's not going to stop. So at but the end know, of Sunday, if you're not first. Or I forgot to tell Atherton. We're just going to keep going. So it's, don't uh, tell the other teams. It's a secret among friends. You know, you talk about reading your own press releases. At Mazda, there is something extremely special, and it's called the Challenger Spirit, and it's real. Um, our 
forefathers who started this company in Japan, and you know we're headquartered in Hiroshima, uh, which is kind of unique for car companies from Japan. But that area of Hiroshima has got a spirit of its own uh, that's one of a kind, and. That Challenger spirit led us to develop uh, the rotary engine and, and use it in mass production. Uh, it allowed us to have that same spirit to develop Skyactiv. It allowed us to try to go to Lamar and try to win that thing 16 times before we did. And that's what's kept all of us going since 2014. Um, and we're not going to quit until we put a Mazda on the top step. Yesterday was good. But uh, the validation comes on Sunday, and that, that would be a great moment, and it will be when we, uh, we finally achieve it. Let me ask one super quick follow-up or mention one thing. So, John, I jokingly say this to you, and you try and giggle, but I'm telling the truth. He does bear the weight of an entire auto manufacturer's hopes and dreams here in North America, no, no seriously, pressure. to win. I mean, no pressure. it's not like they, he just gets an email a couple of days later, hey, how do we do? The, everyone at corporate is watching intently. Tell us about the meeting that was going on as our mad Mr. Jarvis set pole in the reaction there. This is one of those things where you dream of a scenario like that. Again, it's just pole, but tell us about that. Well, uh, one of the challenges we have every year to have our senior executives and our Mazda dealers join us is that there's an organization called NADA, National Auto Dealers Association, and their annual conference uh, convention is held most of the time right on the same weekend as the Rolex 24, and it's no, no different this year. They're in California. And uh, our dealer uh, advisory council and many of our executives were in a meeting yesterday, and Masahiro Moro, who's our president and CEO, was running the meeting, and he told me to text him as soon as qualifying was over. I have the opportunity to report to Morrison, and uh, I texted him, and our colleagues in the meeting have all texted me and said, Morrison put his hand up and stopped the meeting and told everybody the story. And you're talking about dozens and dozens of Mazda dealers in the room, and he said the place lit up. Uh, so much so that Morrison FaceTimed me last night. And I... I, I picked up my phone and I was like, did he hit the wrong button or is he, is he really FaceTiming me right now? But sure enough, he did. And um, just a huge level of, of energy around everything that we've done leading up to yesterday, what we did yesterday, and a lot of uh, excitement for uh, the next uh, 36 or 48 hours about the, the race. So, Great point here, actually. Um, these guys are the heroes. The drivers are the ones that get all the plaudits. I want a round of applause for John Doonan, what he's done, and what he continues to do. Now, I've got a question for the guys here from Nicholas from Tampa. But before that, I'm going to ask you a question about yourself. You go to school? What, what year? What grade? Third. When you need to go to the bathroom, do you put your hand up to ask permission? No. <laughs> Where do we all think Ollie Jarvis has just been? <laughs> we want right. 20 push-ups on top of the table, Absolutely. Jarvis. Right, Nicholas, what's your question? How often do you get to go home during the racing season? Never. That is a great question. <laughs> so I was hoping you were going to ask him to ask Ollie what happens when he has to go to the bathroom and then he's driving yeah. the race car. <laughs> Now that's the big... He does, you look at the footage, he does raise his hand for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how about you, brother? You've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, I mean, great question. Uh, fortunately, um, I, I'm home quite often. We have an amazing schedule in uh, this series. We do 10 races. We have some uh, dealer events that we go to. We have off-season testing. Um, but I'm, I'm home... I'm home more than I'm on the road, so I'm, I'm very, very lucky. Uh, this weekend, for example, uh, went up a tri quick trip to Toronto to do some simulation work before the start of the weekend. Uh, did that Sunday, Monday, flew here Tuesday. Uh, I fly home Monday, and I'm home for a couple weeks before we do our next test at, uh, at Sebring. So when I'm home, I get to really have nice quality time with, uh, with my family and, and train and uh, work on racing. Um, so, so actually home uh, quite a bit. Very blessed to have that. If you ask John Doonan how much time <coughs> he gets to spend with his family and travel, it's a whole different story. So uh, like they say, the, the drivers, we, we actually have it 
way, way easier. The crew, uh, they leave from this race after doing exactly work than I did, and they have to go straight back to the shop and completely rebuild the cars, strip them all the way down to the tub and rebuild everything uh, just to get the cars back testing uh, for Sebring. So no time off, and, and John's traveling around the world making it to where we all can enjoy this, uh, this race car and racing. Hey. He's almost paid off the mortgage on the Motel <laughs> 6 that he lives in, so that's really hey. good. Hey, Justin, how many race weekends did you do last year? For TV and everything. For, yeah, well, for TV plus Amelia Island and Monterey Car. Remember, this is a the car thing doesn't just stop with racing, does it, John? I mean, I see you at auto shows. Uh, the great thing is, motor, motor racing is now becoming more part of car automotive domestic car culture and things and we you never used to see a, a bridge between that but now we see these guys in commercial you know the cars in commercials and stuff i don't know uh, 20 week 20 odd weekends so earlier nunez said i got all this time on my hands what do you think i do okay that's it you heard him say it didn't he say that it feels like he's going to okay. be fine so, after so this, doesn't he? Bomberito is like, yeah, you know, 10 weekends and get a lot of time at home. And I get to go to the beach in San Diego and maybe my lake house in Nashville. And Jarvis over here, he lives in the U.K., He's got a couple kids. He goes and babysits. And he's got to change a few diapers. But JB and I, that's I did 38. I did 38 weekends. You just did almost 30. Maybe we ought to get these clowns to go uh, take care of some of our stuff while we're off at the beach, you know? I, I can guarantee you we're not going to get younger. Yeah. There's no more kids on the horizon. No. So I don't think things are going to change much. Yeah. Oh, so. these guys who just go to sports car races. Well, I was always going to ask Come you, Marshall Pruitt. Come see me at the IndyCar races, you whining How many weekends bleep. for you, Marshall? I don't even know. Mrs. Pruitt lets me know when it's time to come home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for that call. So, no, all not, you know. all not. That's a very good point. 32 for me last year. 32. I'm going to mention something. We got a question here from a man there. I'm going to mention something there. here about paying dues. You don't have to get all the way into this. I'd like you to know that while you think that every driver leads this amazing life, they're respected. Well, clearly we don't extend that to them, but no. they're respected. Amazing careers we dream of. Tell us about some of the things that you were instructed to do early in your career by one of the former teams that was involved with Mazda after a race. I seem to recall it involved going into the men's room and cleaning it and such. You want to talk about maintaining humility? (laughs) (laughs) Nicholas is here from Tampa. I was. No, I'm grateful for that. Actually, no, I was. You know, I I was brought on uh, by John when I was 17 years old. Uh, I was still in high school. Um, you know, it's it's a lot to take in at that age. You know, you go do your math homework, and then, uh, you know, n- the next weekend you got to race 24 hours at Daytona. Oh, <laughs> I did all the homework. That was all good. Um, but, you know, after school, I, I, I did spend a lot of time in the shop um, and, and got to, you know, sit by the engineers and... And learn all that stuff. Um, you know, they don't oh, really well. teach you car dynamics and, um, you know, algebra. So um, how to learn that quickly. And, um, you know, I, I, I did sweep the floors. Yeah. You know, it was, it was good. You know, it was, um, it, you know, it, it taught you, you got to start somewhere. Exactly. You got to start somewhere. So, um, you know, I think, it, you know, where I am now to where I started, I mean, I've learned so much. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate to have some incredible teammates um, that have taught me so much along the way. John's been like a father to me. Um, JB and all these guys have been uh, like brothers to me. So um, they've taught me, you know, more than you know I, I would ever learn in, in school or college or anything like that. So lots of valuable stuff that I've learned throughout the years. So I'm, I'm very fortunate for that. Uh, MP, I've got a quick question. I was just going to say, moral to the story, if you see him in the Mazda garages, hand him a broom. Absolutely. Um, I'm lucky enough to sit with a microphone and talk with all sorts of wonderful people. I had a couple of races last year uh, co-commentating with Alex Brundle, who's, of course, been part of this great race in the past. And as part of that broadcast, I asked him um, what question he's asked most often on a race weekend. What question do you think that might be? Is your dad here this weekend? (laughs) Mr. Bell, we've yet to see your fine father. Well, you do. He actually, he's the one that called in the middle of that. He, he's, 
He's, I mean, how many... He's won it three times. He's been here most of his adult life, and he can't find credentials, and he doesn't know which hotel he's sharing with me tonight so he can change for the Rolex dinner. So I've got to go, guys, because there's just this old English guy driving around in a, in, in a, in a Bentley saying, don't you know who I am? <laughs> So I've got to shoot, but thanks so much. 11.30 tomorrow, Justin talk Bell, show over there. Thank please you. come and take part in the talk Justin show. Bell, everybody. JB, thanks for all you do, brother. Seriously, you Fantastic make our life so much better here. Thank you, thank you. Good, good luck, good luck. Talk show is going to be a great addition to the Enzo Paddock. An American talk show, as they say it. Talk. Sounds like talk, talk show. Talk. Good Lord. Got a couple of quick questions still in the audience. One there, sir. With What is that? An American Le Mans series cap, everybody. You win. <laughs> So it's a bit of a ridiculous question to anyone that wants to answer it. And actually, JB just left. So, But you guys are familiar with uh, the movie Anchorman? Okay, so the scene with the street fight? He has a grenade, by the All right, way. So, so if there was a street fight in the paddock between, uh, let's say, Ray Lamont, uh, John Hindoff, and Nick Damon, and uh, the weekend sports cars, Graham Goodwin, and Marshall Pruitt... And then uh, the torque show with uh, Tommy Kendall and, and JB. Who uh, who's winning that? And what do you bring into the to the fight? <laughs> you made us come here, Dune, and you're oh, yeah. entering this sucker. <laughs> you better answer this one because otherwise I will. <laughs> so um, Tommy Kendall started his racing career in Mazdas. Anybody know that IMSA champion many times RX7, um, but. To my knowledge, the only one that's currently driving a Mazda on the street is Marshall Pruitt. So my money is absolutely on this week in sports car racing. If nothing else, I can sit on them and wear them out. <laughs> so my go-to move. You always bring a big guy to the fight. Always bring a big guy to the fight. Should say, by the way, just been told John Hindock will be here 10 o'clock tomorrow for a Mazda hot lap challenge, I'm told. If it's against John and a Mazda... Be sure and ask him about his lap at Road Atlanta. <laughs> it was the only lap. <laughs> what's, the, what's the phrase? Incomplete. <laughs> Always was, good was to have a, a truck at the racetrack. Track. One, set, one there, and if you want to make your way forward, we'll get, try to get to you too. One second. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Um, I was just wanting to know, where do y'all... Th oh, thank you. <laughs> I want to believe <laughs> at the Rotary. <laughs> Um, I'd just like to know, where do you think in Mazda's history this car and these drivers are going to be compared to, like, uh, the 787B and with, nice. within, like, 10 to 20 years down the road? I think it's a close second to that Mazda 6GX car from a few years back. Hey, now. <laughs> wow. You're fired, but come back tomorrow. Ollie, as someone who has raced at Le Mans with Audi, with amazing P1 prototypes, just saying this guy has driven the craziest things, some of the craziest things of our lifetime, asking to look forward a little bit, but where do you think this RT24P might live in Mazda's history? I think a lot of it's got to do with um, how we perform this season and the season's coming up. I think if we can get the results that the car deserves, that the team deserves, then there's no reason why in 20 years, 30 years, there's not someone else asking that very same question about us today. But, you know, we know we've got a good package, but we now need to go out there and have the results to justify you talking about this car in 10, 20 years to come. But I truly believe that will be possible because I think, you know, we've got such a fantastic team around us, a superb car. So, you know, I'd like to think that they'll be put alongside each other and, you know, in years to come, this will be the model that people have at home as well. So, uh, you know, like I say, a lot's going to ride on, on this season and, and next year, but there's no reason why we can't compare to, to them historic races in the past. I think he's absolutely right. The, the, when the design of the RT24P was shown for the first time, it was a wow moment. And, look, is a fabulous formula, but to my mind... This is the car that has really taken that seriously, the design that went into the car in the first place. That made the front page of the BBC website in the UK for a whole day. You might have gathered I'm not from around here, uh, but that, that's a big deal in the UK. And it, it did draw fans to this effort and fans to DPI. And, uh, you know, it does look different. It doesn't look like an LMP2 with a plank nailed on the front, Penske. <laughs> they call that internally the hockey stick on the front of the car. And the minute they told me that and then I wrote about it, then they came back to me and said, 
please don't call it that anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, you told me. Come on now. Right, I think we've got. It's getting cold. Uh, we've got. A, there's one guy at the back there somewhere. Uh, where are we? That's the gentleman there in the. He raised his hand higher. Clearly, we'll very you, expensive brother. sunglasses. Hey, this more question is for uh, Mr. John Doonan, and I'm just going to get straight to the point with the hypercar regulations coming up in LMP1. Has Mazda looked or paid attention, even were they at the uh, discussion tables for the uh, LMP1 roundtable discussions? Great question. So, Start you know, typing one of the things that happened in the lead-up uh, to the current topic of hypercar was the ACO and the FIA, for the first time in my career, I don't know that they've ever done it, actually, based on conversations I had with others, was surveyed manufacturers to ask their opinions on what direction and what uh, technology would be the best to showcase at the top levels of sports car racing. And we filled that out, and we do have a seat at that table. Um, but with, without blowing smoke, Scott's, Scott's left, I'd, I'd say, if he was still sitting here, uh, what Mr. France and IMSA have done with DPI um, is, I think, again, harkens back to GTP, um, given manufacturers the chance to take our real design language and implement it into a prototype race car. Um, that car was designed by our designers, the same designers that designed that lineup in front of you right now. Um, and so uh, our commitment 100% is to the IMSA WeatherTech Championship. Um, we'll certainly keep our eye on what's happening globally. But I hope, and I hope this whole audience agrees, that if we could get to a common set of regs that replicate IMSA DPI, everybody's coming to the game. And uh, I'd love to see that. we got exciting racing now. But if that were the case... Everybody would come to the table, and what an amazing battle that would be. I, I'll, equate, I'll equate the current situation like this. We're going to take one more question because I know you're getting cold. Um, I'm one of seven children, Catholic family, long story. <laughs> Five sisters. That's why I'm the quiet one, okay? And it does feel a little bit like that the current debate about regulations is like having dinner with all my sisters at the same time. You just can't get a word in edgeways. It's all very adversarial. Sexism on the Weekend Sports Cars podcast. You've got to meet them. You've got to meet them. Common sense is required. There's a moment right now where that could happen. I think it does need to happen. Let's wait and see what happens in the next few months and the next few years. But uh, things are closer, maybe, perhaps other than budget right now, than perhaps we feel they are. So before we get to the last question, which you will field, on the topic of this 2020 FIAWC hypercar LMP1 type thing, I've written many very critical things about it due to them saying, Hey, IMSA, boy, we want to talk with you, by the way. Go bleep yourself. We're going to do our own thing. And got a great email from... Vincent Bowmanil, who is the head of their sporting department. director. Yes, sporting director. He said he wanted to catch up with me here to tell me all the fallacies of what I'm not understanding. So I look forward to that conversation because maybe I'm getting it wrong, but it doesn't make sense to me. I'm glad we have what we have. Uh, well, you know, I still believe it can be good, but it needs progress. It needs it right now, and unfortunately, where we are in the world economy at the moment. There's major pressures. Let's wait and see what emerges from the Merck. There are an awful lot of possibilities. Possibilities don't make racing. At the moment, we've got racing. We're going to see a great race this weekend. You're going to be highly entertained. I know there's an awful lot of people here for the very first time. That's a great thing to see. Was it Ryan here? First 24-hour race. My 73rd 24-hour race. You'll get it right eventually. You'll Absolutely. get it. All right. And so speaking of things we're grateful of, where shall we go for our final question? One Mr. question. Goodwin? One question. Who's going to arm for wrestle it? for it? You're at the front. You've got a JDC Miller cap on. If you had a banana suit on, you would be perfect. We're going to... Oh, yes. So if you've got a dreadful hat... (laughs) Far away, sir. Question for any of the drivers or for John. Uh, Now, we all know a lot of conversation takes place on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit. Have you ever seen something that just made you stop and think, that's a good piece, or that doesn't make sense? Just something that totally surprised you reading it about Mazda or your driving or anything? You're going to need a mic. You can answer that one. Have you ever read anything you've agreed with, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, I 
Yeah, I, I I don't know much about. I think I call it. I joke around with the guys. I call it because okay, I'm the old guy within the team. So you know, there I'm sitting around trying to actually have a conversation with all the drivers at dinner and just looking at their phones and texting each other. Um, and I call it Insta Snap. I'm like, guys, get off your Insta Snap. So I just <laughs> so you know. I, but actually, I do use I do use Twitter mainly just for news and whatnot. Um, you know, and I That's follow. Really depressing. Uh, you get your news from Twitter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I follow you. I I follow, I get it from I, you. So you go to Twitter to get your news. But, oh. but yeah, I know. But I I really just uh, follow. I've a, a few racing news places, and I'm, I always uh, you know read Marshall's um, articles and whatnot, and that's always great. And you know, I'm trying to think of anything that stands out though that I just it's totally not much disagree that good, with. There? But yeah, I don't know. I, I can't. Nothing's coming. Nothing else. <laughs> uh, we're gonna wrap it up. There are gifts to give out. Um, Marshall, should we do a T-shirt stampede? I think not. Efren, There's some big Efren, guys out there. Be our spiritual guide of T-shirt distribution. Tristan, hey. yes. Uh, what I want to say as we wrap it up is thank you so much for coming out. Absolutely. When- Thank you. First thing, these are the heroes this weekend. Give it up for Mazda Racing. We've spawned one hell of a close season. Pole position for the prettiest car on the grid with the prettiest team principal. <laughs> yeah, baby. Former hand model. John Doonan. That's right. <laughs> he keeps the hands and the gloves for a reason. Uh, thanks for coming out. You're never sure when you do things that we do from distance, usually uh, in a darkened room in my case, because it's usually nighttime when Marshall calls me in the UK. This is only the second week we've ever done the weekend sports cars together. This is the final show of the first year. We started this the week after the Rolex 24 last year. Thanks so much for everybody that engages with us. Thanks the questions it greatly enriches our part of the sport and thanks so much for coming out because we could have been standing here talking to nobody and it's great to see people we haven't seen before i want to say one more thing because there's one face in the crowd that i'm delighted is here for the fine work that he and the people he works with does on behalf of injured ex-servicemen in the u.s and in the uk grim martin come come and be recognized Thank Representative Greer Martin, by the way, um, who we've met uh, all over the world, but at uh, Nürburgring, the UK. Good to see you. Enjoying the weekend? Big Master fan? He'll do your deal. No we problem. know a guy. We know a guy. <laughs> if not, meet me back here in about two hours. We can jimmy one of these open. <laughs> Marshall. All right. I got nothing. Let's give you T-shirts and say thank you for coming out. And let's say thanks again to Mazda for making this happen. Now, in the spirit, by the way, of the way the internet works, if you enjoyed it, if you want to see it again, engage with us on social media. Engage with Mazda on social media and with IMSA. We'd love to do this again. I think we're going to have plans to do it again at Sebring. I hope to be coming doing more uh, race meetings around the world. And we'd love to see you and the friends that you're going to bring when you've enjoyed this weekend. Like Scott Atherton said, come back, bring friends every time. It's great to see you in groups who are going to enjoy this. Don't get too drunk. Don't listen to it. That's the worst thing he said all day. Go get really drunk and have a great evening and enjoy the race. All right, so we'll sit here. If you want a photo of these guys or us or whatever, take a little photo. Then we're going to ask Ollie to uh, stage dive in off into the crowd, Again. and that'll be the end. It didn't end so. well the first time. We're going to sign some shirts. We've got, we got something. Do you know how to write? It's... All right, here we go. Come on up. Give Come us up. your sizes. We'll, we'll get you a stuff sign. You want to take photos with these madmen? Go for it. And thanks again to Mazda for making this happen. And that was our weekend sports cars live at the Rolex 24 with Mazda. Yeah, that was fun. This is really good fun. As I mentioned in the open there, you know, I'm kind of the goofball uh, between Graham and my little self. And 
He's he's also a goofball, but we just try and have fun. Again, we're we're not winning winning Pulitzers here. Uh, the Academy is not considering our work. Uh, food shortages are not being solved by this. Just trying to make folks happy. So hopefully you get to come out to one of the shows we'll be doing this year. And uh, yeah, join in. Uh, heckle us. Uh, ask for stickers. Something. Got lots of stuff to share. And thank you for your patronage and also sharing what we do here. And speaking of sharing, we do have our brand new... Uh, I think it's it's pretty good to go. There might be a couple of bugs or typos, so if you see it, just let me know on social media and I'll clean it up. But uh, the new MarshallPruittPodcast.com site is live. And it's been the work of many months, and yeah, it's our new home. Every episode we have ever published, this should be episode 497 or so. We're creeping up on 500, so that's going to be kind of fun getting there. But everything we have ever published is sitting there on marshallpruittpodcast.com. Our search function up top will help you, I mean, truly type in whatever it is that comes to mind, and we just might have it. We also have things broken down into categories. The Week in IndyCar, Week in Sports Cars, Inside the Sports Car Paddock, Special Features, My Racing Life and Career, and so on. So I hope you like that, uh, because it's just meant to be a real easy resource and a permanent resource I'm only about three years too late in getting it done, but it's here, finally. There's also a fairly comprehensive subscribe option there, too. And so I hope that if you aren't a subscriber, you do join in in that capacity. All right. I am Marshall Pruitt. This is the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, brought to you by the Justice Brothers and Cooper Tires. Thank you for listening.